Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you could have anyone... Ooh. On your celebrity hall pass list, who would Idris be Elba. At the, Idris Elba on yours? <laughs> he <laughs> is a beautiful, beautiful I mean, man. Yeah, or Cillian, Mur- Cillian Murphy. I don't know. Nice. Um, uh, t- uh, like Tom Harris from his teenage years would uh, assault me for not saying Kira Knightley. Oh, um, don't. Why? No, she's I'm not pretty. No, she's lovely. Whatever. It's my, it's my wall, and it's I'll put true. it on it. Whom, <laughs> whom I, I, I please. <laughs> God, Lord. All right. Well, what about you? What? Who's um, your celebrity um, quack? I like, f- I like funny guys who are a little <laughs> bit sarcastic. So I'm all about like um, Ryan Reynolds and maybe a little bit Dax Shepard, just because I like how emotionally honest he is in relationships. Um, right. But yeah, I like I like like if you can make me laugh, then I'll probably mm. sleep with you. <laughs> well, hear that, ladies and gentlemen. Anyone looking for a date? Bring your joke, and you never know what line happen. up, gents. Line up. The idea of a uh, celebrity, like the 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 whole idea of saying to your significant other, "Hey, hun." If I get the chance to bone Idris Elba, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sure. What do you think she'd say to that? Would she be like, can I join in? We've had this, we've we've discussed Cillian Murphy. And oh, nice. Yes. She's in? Oh, she doesn't, she doesn't see it herself, but she's happy for me to. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not going to happen, but if it does, it'd be. Brilliant. Sure, bring Ladies it up. and gentlemen, this is Ghost of Boyfriends Past. Uh, I am Liz Best here with my. Uh, very, oh, I can't even think. Of honest, the word. very, very <laughs> honest, very earnest, excellent celebrity bonk, bonk list co-host Tom Harris. Wow, hello everyone. Yes, it's quite the intro. Quite the intro. So, as I said, Ghost of Boyfriends Past. This is a podcast where we chat to guests about their relationship, past, present, future. Kind of a group therapy, you know, yeah. learning through trauma. The am- the, it's the thing. amateur, the amateur therapy that group the, that we super all sit around. Amateur but super cathartic. So today, our guest is a special guest. We have uh, James, who is a writer and presenter, specialising in film and music. He's the former editor of Empire Magazine. You know that awesome film magazine. Yes, kicks I'm off. Terrified because, like, my future could rest on this episode, on this, <laughs> this whole episode. He could open the door for us, Liz. Well, yeah, he's a current gig reviewer for the Sydney Morning Herald. If you'd like to uh, start reviewing gigs mm. for them, he's he's living the freelance life at the moment. It is James. How are you, James? Hello, Liz. Hello, Tom. Hello, uh, I'm doing okay today. How are you guys? Good, good. Excited to have a chat with you now, James and I. Um, 
did used to work together because I worked for Empire for a bit and had lots of fun times when I was back in Sydney magazine land. Um, True. But the reason I really wanted to get James on to chat, we've had a lot of talks about um, dating and relationships over the years. And one thing we have not covered on this podcast is dating as a single parent. Yes, right. So, James, tell us a little bit about, about kind of you and, and what your dating sitch is at the moment. Sure, sure. Look, I should probably state up front, don't use me as the litmus test for single-parent <laughs> dating because <laughs> I, I'm a weirdo. This is, this is an open space for sharing stories. We're not putting anyone up sure. on a this is how you should do it, but where maybe we could learn from your mistakes, question mark? Well, <laughs> hey, there's plenty to learn from. So I have a smorgasbord of mistakes that I can that I can share with you guys. Um, look, my situation is I would describe myself in my young years as a bit of a tragic romantic type. I would fall hard and fast, and uh, regardless of whether I was compatible with someone or not, which you know never seems to turn out too well in the long run. Um, and I wound up getting married, I guess, reasonably young, um, like uh, around, oh no, 29, is that young? Is that considered no, young? No, that's not super yeah. young. Anything under 25, I would say, is getting married young. Okay, okay. I think amongst my peer group, I was kind of like one of the first to do it, so right. I, I don't know what that says. But um, So anyway, I uh, wound up marrying a girl that I went to university with. We were together for almost 10 years, uh, almost married for six of those oh sorry we were married for almost six of those years Mm -hmm. uh had two kids and we split up um eight years ago Mm -hmm. and even though i probably have a good jerry springer-esque amount of stories to fill up an entire episode for you uh (laughs) on on, on all the drama that 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 that, that sort of uh brought um i don't know i kind of like uh, my my girl's mother, we, we both get on really well now. We co-parent like champions, and I just sort of, you know, I've got a I've got a belief that you don't dwell on the negative stuff too much, and you just kind of, you know, we're in a good situation. Let's keep it great. Let's not dwell on the bad stuff. But you know, I do I do have that in the bank, but it's Look, it's not coming out. When you still have to have contact with someone, I feel like you can't quite air the dirty laundry of that without putting no. yourself in quite a bit of peril. This that is that is very true. That is very true. So, so you've got two girls. Uh, yes, I and do. What I are their do. ages? They're, they're they're eleven and twelve. Right, right. So eight years yeah. ago, you suddenly become single. How is that yes. for you after ten years of being coupled up and having started parenthood? It was both terrifying and excellent. <laughs> 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 At, at, at the same time, um, I don't know. I went a bit teenage. I, I, I had a lot of uh, passion dashes, which is very teenage. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was having a great old time, um, just getting myself in um, random situations, and I sort of became the entertainment for my friends because by that stage, most of my friends were coupled up or married or whatever, and everyone was kind of like living vicariously <laughs> through me and encouraging my stupidity and yep. my and, and what I was doing. Uh, because they were getting a kick out of it. I was their entertainment. So I wound up doing stuff almost like, oh, everyone's going to love this story. This is insane. Yes. Right, yes, so, you know. Oh, my God, that's how I dated when I was a relationship columnist. I was like, I don't want to do this, but what a great story. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So it was it was mostly fun, but I, I would say that like in terms of actually dating, so I'm the kind of person who 
if, if, if I'm on a date or I'm in a dating situation, I'm totally fine. But it's the thought of trying to line up a date or look for dates or, yes. or kind of yes. do stuff online fills me with dread and terror. Um, so I've had far less actual dates than than uh, than you'd, you'd sort of re- think because of that one reason. I just re- the whole idea just kind of like freaks me out. But having said that, I did pull the pin and go on a couple of Tinder dates, uh-huh. and uh, th- and this is years ago. This is like I'm talking like I don't know, 2013, 14, 15 around around that sort of time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are corkers, so if you'd like to hear a little bit about that. Of course we do, James. But can I quickly jump in and ask you, how long after your divorce did you then start like dating or looking? Or, or just, separation. Yeah, yeah, or separation, sorry. Um, I, uh, yeah, how long did you have to sort of, I don't know, heal and learn and, and grow before you throw yourself back out into the into the world? Yeah, that's a, look, that's a great question. Um, look, I kind of did my healing and learning and grieving in an express way um and and it's hard to explain but like i kind of so i guess people could go through an intense long period of grieving mourning trying to understand i basically condensed it down into six months and and it wasn't good for my mental health like i I kind of felt like i was going to crack at times but i kind of i had to understand what happened and why and I kind of went on this like madman quest to understand what was going on. And once I f- realized I understood what had happened and why, I could kind of let it go. Um, I don't know if that's a bit vague for you, but I, I guess I guess about six months later, I felt like I was probably in a good enough space to actually put myself back out there. But tell me, um, that, tell me that you passion dashed while you were healing, though, because that's the unhealthy thing that we all strive oh, yeah, to do. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I mean, that's part of the healing process. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, let's. It's like you go. Oh no, no, you go. Sorry. No, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. So this is just an awkward bit that we're going to draw attention to because that's how I host the show. I mean, just yeah, everyone <laughs> draw attention to this weirdness. Point at Liz. <laughs> Yeah, James, how yeah. did your daughters feel, or how do your daughters feel now that you that you date people? How what was it like, many, like trying to, I don't know, tell them, hey, I'm gonna see other people, and what's that? What's that whole yeah. process like? Yeah, well, look, when when they were a lot younger, um, I think they were a bit oblivious to it, yeah, sure, because um, you know, because they were quite young. But like, I did, you know, I would have talked to them about it at the time, and I would have explained it, and I'm sure that you know that I, I wouldn't have just like kind of like you know. Um, laid it on them with no explanation. But, I mean, now, I'm kind of fast-forwarding the story a little bit, but now they really want me to have a girlfriend. and and like when I tell do. them, Yeah, and when I tell them, like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not into dating. I kind of, like, I, I like how things are. And, like, and they, so I get harassed by them now for, like, <laughs> for, for being single. So, like, you know, that's 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 where we're at now. But, um, but back then, you know, they were young. So yes. it was, yeah. All right. Well, let's hear about these uh Tinder escapades. Set the scene All for right. us. Okay. Well, look, I'm going to tell you one Tinder one, which was just, this is my first ever Tinder date, which was a shocker. And then I'll move on to the second one, which kind of ties into where I'm at now. So mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of plotted out a little arc. I've plotted out a little story to tell you about, about where everything's kind of led to. Um, but this first one, I'll make it quick. It's just because this is, I, I figured you need some like, uh, you know some Jerry Springer-esque moments, and I and yes. I think that this fits the bill. Right. So yes. I want to tick that box. I want to tick that box for this particular episode. Amazing. 
Yeah. So um, anyway, so uh, organised to, to meet a girl to go on a date. Um, she kind of contacted me a few days before the date and she'd been at a work event and was clearly um, quite drunk and was like, come along to this thing. And I was, you know, <laughs> trying to be all free and easy, get back into the dating world, sure. I'll do that. So I turned up to this uh, pub she was at and she was hammered mm-hmm. and within probably 20 minutes was on my lap making out with me. Uh, and I mean, hey, cut to out. the chase. Does not even say <laughs> What's that, sorry? I said, hey, cut to the chase. Well, cut to, exactly, cut to the chase. But it, 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 it was weird from the get-go, not just for the fact that, you know, I was dead sober and she was hammered and, <laughs> yes. and, 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 and and this was just happening and I was just kind of – my brain's going, I guess this is okay. I guess, I, like, just – I mean, just go with it, I guess. And uh, But she was kind of doing weird things. This is going to get a little graphic, but, like, she was she was darting her tongue in and out of my mouth like Ooh. a lizard. And it was we talked really about cr- that last week or the week before. We were talking about the hole punch technique. That's like when you just dart in and out. It's just like smashing through that. Yeah, no, no. Oh, look, there's a look. Look, you know, I think with a good passion, there's a there's a you start off slow. There's a build up, and then you you know it'll 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 go where it needs to go. But somebody just kind of like <laughs> it was like darting in and out of my mouth like a like a, a like a hungry hungry hippo, hippo or something. Like it was <laughs> it was it was really. Off putting, and she was pinching me as well, really hard. Where? And I was just going, This is some weird shit. Where was this she pinching weird... you? Where, like with her hands on your hips or cheeks uh, or nipples? What's no, happening? I, I've kind of, I've kind of forgotten where, but it was, I remember at the time going, Maybe it was a nipple, I don't know. <laughs> but you recall uh, pinching. Yeah. Uh, but it was, look, it was what, what it was off putting. Wherever I was getting pinched, it was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so I was getting pinched. She was doing some weird tongue technique that was making me kind of weirded out. But again, I'm just going, just, just you know, hey, man, just go with it, whatever. So anyway, we wound up, you know, she was being quite suggestive and, we, and she was like, let's go back to my place. And I was just like, wow, we're skipping the date and just cutting straight to, you know, straight to the chase mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went back to her place. Her young brother was, was there just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh and again, I'm just like, this is an incredibly strange date. Is it a date? I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I, some, I, I kind of feel violated by the way she's treating my body right now. <laughs> you know, caught in uh, a pinching maneuver. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so she's like, okay, let's go to a pub and get a drink. So we do, and and uh, we're having so a what, chat. You and went, again, you went home, and then yeah. went straight back out. Yes. That's yes. Okay. Continue. Yeah, she lived close to she she lived close to like a pub, so like we kind of went to the to a place nearby. So it wasn't okay. it wasn't a far journey. Okay. But again, my my whole mind is just going, "What is this? Mm. What is happening? I don't really. I'm trying to comprehend what's happening." Um, so we're having a chat, and look, I've got, I have to give you a warning. It's going to get a little dark now. It's going to get a little not funny. Um, so the conversation is going along, and then at a certain point, she drops in. Um, my name is not my real name. I had to change my name. Um, oh. I had to change my name because, uh, again, I, I apologise from like pivoting from humour to tragedy in a in a really sort of you know in a real um, knee jerky kind of way. But um, she said I, I, I had been sexually abused by my stepfather, oh, um, uh, and and you know and kind of talked a bit about that. And again, my my brain was just really trying hard to process everything that was happening up on that point and then that came and I was just like oh my god so obviously I felt incredible empathy for her and of felt course. really sad for her yeah 
Um, but, you know, I guess from my position, which was like, I guess we're having fun to it's gone really dark and tragic all of a sudden. And, and I don't know, I, I had to go out after this date. Like I was planning to go to a gig afterwards. And so I went. Um, so it ended obviously on a very strange, dark note. And there was some contact later and she kind of apologised and said, I'm sorry to like lay that on you uh, when I first met you. And, and she kind of wanted to you know, have a second attempt at it to kind of like, I don't know, I guess try and correct the the, the overall weirdness of, of the experience. But um, I don't know. I was just like, uh, I, I was too freaked out by the whole experience as my first date as a as a you know, proper date. As a, a, yeah, I yeah. forgot that. Sorry, that, that's your very first sort of dip back into the the stormy waters of romance after oh, wow. yeah that's quite yeah <laughs> so who it's... can who can think about dating or touching somebody when they've just revealed that to you like you can't you can't, yeah. there's no way you go on from that in a wow <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, exactly. It was just it was just a lot to handle. So as you can imagine, that kind of made me kind of go, "All right, uh, we're, I'm Tinder. We're done. <laughs> you yep, know, like, I'm out. I was uh, back in, and now I'm out." <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. But of course, I, w- I I did go back in. Of course, uh, you did. Yeah, probably a year later or six months later, I I, I gave it another shot, and. This particular person, uh, I wound up having a nine-month relationship with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, again, there's probably enough to fill several episodes of this podcast with Jerry Springer-esque um, insanity. But, uh, but again, I, I kind of have an attitude of like, don't dwell on, on negative stuff and let sleeping dogs lie and whatever. But what I can say about it from a, an, an emotional perspective is she was had a very tough persona seemed very emotionally distant and could be quite emotionally brutal mm-hmm. and at that particular point in my life I think I I don't know if I realized it then or I realized it after the relationship but like I grew up being a sensitive person and I came to view that as a weakness so I equated being sensitive and open because when you're a sensitive person sometimes life can be difficult to navigate because you feel things a little bit stronger than, than, than most people, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. So, so to protect myself, I kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I came to view it as a weakness. I saw it as a deficit and I was like, no, nah, you need to toughen up, which is like such bullshit. But at the time, I didn't realize that. So me being, I guess, a sensitive person, I, I looked at her and I went, oh, you possess these qualities of you're you're tough and you're emotionally distant. You can you can compartmentalize things and oh, this is all attractive. I want a bit of that, um, which is completely, I don't know, disrespecting myself and um, and you know trying to become someone you aren't. So but that's what we, uh, like. That's what we like as a fellow empath. Like I do that a lot. So like that's this is something that's a well worn pattern with people who are sensitive because you see somebody who can who can cope with the stresses of life without feeling them and crumpling and go oh yes. take care of me and 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 teach me your ways of strength when it's actually I think it's the empaths that have the superpower not the compartmentalizers. Yeah, well, I couldn't say that better myself, Liz. Like, like that's I. I came to that realization that it is a superpower and it's and it is a gift. But, mm. um, you know, I've spent so much of my life seeing it as completely the opposite, like it was a weakness. Because, mm. well, that's what you know, society you see- tells you, especially as a man. Mm. To be honest, like they say, man yes. up for a reason. 
It's a whole yeah. pile of bullshit, but, you know, society sucks and yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, Look, as yeah, as, as a man, you, you yeah, doubly so you feel like it's, you know, there's something wrong with you because, you know, that's the way you are, which, you know, again, is complete bullshit. But, um, you know, so, yeah, you go through society, gives you the wrong message in terms of that. Um, you look at people who, who uh, don't have that, and some of them can be sociopaths, and you go, "Ooh, look at them! Look how well they're navigating the the the, the rapids of life." Like I want a bit of that. And a lot of the time, you come to realise those people have emotional deficits that are damaging and mm-hmm. can damage you. Yes. And you start to realise that's the strength isn't really lying in them. So, so anyway, I went through nine months of you know sometimes fun, but it wound up pretty brutal and intense and i felt quite emotionally kind of brutalized by the end of it um and yeah i guess i guess i realized that you know self-love was the thing that i needed to give myself and you know it wasn't a weakness and um but yeah looking back at all my relationships i think that the common thread is always an emotionally distant person or someone who's a bit you know, had a bit of a, a tough shell and you kind of think to yourself, oh, but my love will, my love will break them yes. out of their, oh, of their prison. God. I know, it's horrible. Yeah, love sets you it's free, terrible. right? Yeah. JJ, I think yeah, this is why we bonded so much because I think we started talking quite early on about our relationship histories and they're so similar that every time you talk about the different things that you've been through where you're just like, oh, but they just haven't been loved by the right person who can just love yes. them out of this this horrible compartmentalization and it doesn't work. They just pull you into their terrible world. <laughs> but James, James, are you still in like a love optimist? Like you, are you upbeat about it or are you, or are you more cynical more? as shit like me? Yeah. Or something <laughs> in between. Oh, where, where on that spectrum you know are you? I'm, I'm, I slide, but I slide now. Like, yeah. honestly, like I slide, like, I don't think that the, love optimist part of me is completely dead but it's certainly having a good long nap (laughs) it's in a bit of a coma we'll wake it up a little later (laughs) yeah it's in a bit of a coma um i mean look i feel a bit like you know i'm happy to be proven wrong but i based on my experiences i'm kind of like you know what let's put the blind optimism let's put it in check a little bit uh i'm not sure if i classify myself as cynical maybe a little uh, I try not to be. I try to be open to things, but um, I think I, the, the blind optimist side of me is, you know, that you know, love will heal all is had to be put back in the box a little bit. Yeah, sure. I think love will heal all, but it's the love of self, not the love of others. That's my that strong is, belief now. I, I completely agree with that. And um, sort of going on to the relationship after the one where I was emotionally brutalized for, for nine <laughs> months, uh, it, it, it felt like a, a comfort zone that I was uh, – well, it felt like something I was comfortable with. So I went up dating a single mom. She had daughters, two daughters the same as I had, uh, similar ages. We, I felt like we had a lot in common. It was a bit of a too hard, too fast situation. But, mm. again, that was like a, a past comfort zone. Um, and then after a few months, she became emotionally unavailable and distant. And oh, shit. I, and then I was like, oh, wait, what happened? Like, something, something's wrong. Maybe I can fix this. Maybe I can fix this. The dreaded words, maybe I can fix no. this. No. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, big, big note to bad, that. James, so, bad, James, <laughs> bad. Oh, bad, bad. So, so, but what that proved is I hadn't learned, you know, the lesson yet. So I went through 
Look, in honesty, the, the relationship probably should have lasted maybe three, four months. Mm. It went to 12. Mm. And I would say probably eight or nine of those months were pretty miserable because I kept on thinking, you know, my love and care will bring the, the, the you that I got in the first three months back and everything will be great. And, you know, that, that, that person never came, you know, because, you know, it wasn't the genuine selves in that three-month honeymoon period. And no. it turned out her genuine self was emotionally distant for various reasons. And that was never going to work for someone like me. And I stuck around way too long, put myself through hell, and then finally figured out that I just had to give myself the love and step the hell away from relationships for a while. But we do that, don't we? Like we think that this this heady romantic stuff that happens in the honeymoon period, we go, but like let's just get back to there. Mm. We're just going through a rough patch. We just need to get back to there without yeah. realising that the there's gone. It's yeah, exa- gone. Yeah, exactly. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And look, it's okay for it to go and for it to settle into something else as long as that's healthy and loving. Exactly. Yes. And and what we settled into after that, you know, dizzying uh, honeymoon period, it wasn't healthy and it wasn't like loving in a healthy way. It was mm. it was it was really out of balance. And at that point I should have gone, "Okay, step away." Uh, but I didn't and I had another really tough, you know, emotionally draining relationship. Um, and again, this isn't to badmouth the other person involved in this situation. Um, she had her own things going on and I had my own things going on and, you know, we've all got our issues, but we were not compatible. And I think that we tried to force it to be compatible and that's never going to work. No, it never will. And like, I've tried to do that a bunch of times and it just, it's, it's something that it's like square peg round hole doesn't work. Um, yeah. And you can't shave down the corners of that square peg. It, that's just even worse. <laughs> You're deluding yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. JJ, exactly. I've had an um, idea and I think you could mm-hmm. profit from it. <laughs> yep. Give so, it lay it on me. So you're a writer and a creative like me. What about, you know those stories how they're like, I let my kids pick my clothes for a week and here's what happened. I reckon yep. you should let your girls interview a bunch of women and let them pick three yeah, people let them be in for you to go out on a date with and write about how that went. I think that, oh, I, I yeah, think, and, and knowing how sassy your girls are, I think they would do a really good vetting job for you at this point in your life. That is actually a really cool idea. I like that. And Trade you know market, what? We came up with it that. here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's good. They would love that. They would. They would absolutely relish that. But, uh, but I, I have to ask the question: What girls are going to be going to be comfortable getting vetted by tweens to go on a date with their dad? I would for is sheer that... cuteness factor. I would just be like, "All right, okay. kids, put me through the paces." Like, absolutely. That, like, just for the sake of of novelty. And I think a lot of the yes. women who are cynical in dating would actually, especially ones who are keen for family families would be like oh my god that's really cute let's see if we meet the girls first how we can yeah I just think it's a really cute idea and I think it would make a really cute article series to write at some point I think that is that is an that is actually a fantastic idea I love that I love that and it, it's it it both I find it both exciting and terrifying which exactly that's perfect in in the yeah yeah um and look I I will tell you my girls I have actually let them into my dating world a little bit so Mm. this is probably a good segue into a little story but i I, we can come back to that because that is a that is an excellent idea i I do like that um uh so again my whole i've been basically single for three years i did kind of date someone 
uh, on and off for six months a couple of years ago. But that's another story we, we may or may not get to today. But um, I've essentially been single for three years and I've really done that whole, you know, be by yourself, learn to love yourself, give yourself what you need, da, 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 and I'm loving it. And mm. I love it so much that the idea of getting into a relationship and changing what I've created now also kind of worries me. Oh, my God, same. <laughs> yes, I feel that on a really deep and probably unhealthy level. <laughs> well, <laughs> Get again, out of my alone again, time. <laughs> exa- exactly. Again, I, th- I think the similarities between us, are, are, you know, they're, they're pretty striking. So I relate to that in a, you know, in, in a big way. And uh, so it's kind of like, I've got a good thing going on here. I'm not sure I want to, like, you know, potentially upset the balance. Uh, but but again, look. Obviously, the, the the sane answer to that is the right person will bring the right balance and fit into everything. And yeah, mm. there's not going to there's not going to be an issue, right? Um, so, but anyway, um, I have not actively been seeking dates. I haven't been actively out there for you know for obviously pretty obvious reasons. Um, but I had someone kind of pursue me last year. So someone who kind of like was dropping here, we, we had established an email kind of struck up a bit of an email dialogue and she seemed to be dropping hints about wanting to meet up. So I kind of took the bait and I was like, well, do you want to do something one time? And she was like, yeah, that'd be great. And so again, it kind of stepped up into us talking about lining up what we were going to do and the whole vibe of it was very much like, oh, wow, I think this person seems really interested and wants to go on a date and wants to do stuff. And she was kind of like talking like we weren't just going to go on a date but successive dates. So I was kind of like thinking, wow, this is great. I haven't had to do anything. And (laughs) my red, James, my red flags are already like flying high on this one. Right. Well, I would love to hear why when I when I finish, uh, because at the time I was like, "This sounds amazing." Um, so, so I'm I'm getting all excited, like, "Wow, she seems really cool, and she seems really interested, and talking about all this great stuff we're gonna do." And hooray! So anyway, I ta- I started telling my daughters about it, and um, and I was going, and it was more me trying to read. I think she's interested. So I started showing the girls the messages oh. between us. To yeah. decipher, I'm like, I'm like, I think she's keen. What do you reckon? So they'd read it and they'd be like, Oh, Dad, she's definitely, she's definitely, she's definitely into. Yeah, I think she's, she's interested. So like, I was getting like my tween daughters to decode. You know, they've yet like, to experience think, the heartbreak of red flags. So of course well, they're going to be like on board. Well, hey, nothing like nothing like teaching them young. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, so it was all looking like set to go. The girls are excited, like, ah, oh, this looks great, Dad. We've given you advice and we've like we can you know, we've already told you she's like into you and keen and you know, because like it's easy for me to get excited, but one of my daughters in particular is like no bullshit. Like she's kinda like she's I wouldn't say she's cynical, but she's got like an edge to her and she doesn't she's she's not a fool. Yes. And not that neither of them are fools, but she's just got an edge to her, right? And even she was like, Yeah, Dad, she likes you. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 anyway so it got time to the weekend that we were going to go out and i'm like hey what are we going to do this weekend never heard from her again oh. nothing ghosted jeez just just radio silence and that was like i don't know like september october last year so mm. it went from like mega excitement to just like hello it, oh okay i guess this is finished now okay so, so here's uh, here's dr liz's love lesson 
She was love, she was love bombing you. She was 110% right. love bombing you where you go, oh, my God, here's the dream of, of the life that I want to live and it's too far. Like when they go too far into the future, like I've been on dates where I've thought they've been so great because they've been talking about date two and date three and date four and it's all this imaginary scenario that they've concocted in their head to try and make to, – to reel you in and then they're t- – talking to like six other people at the same time so like it's just uh, it's the too much too fast if if somebody else is already talking about a future past the first date and you don't really know what kind of chemistry there is there mm. i just yeah, that's yeah. alarms blaring for me now okay okay so, well let me put that that goes in my little red flag notebook in my brain Thank brilliant you. so we've got to wrap this up so what we normally do at this point is chat about what we've learned is there anything that you'd like to add on to the wonderful lessons that you've already talked about that what you've learned yeah, through this experience or, or so even far? even advice to people anyone in the future that finds themselves in a similar situation as you like how you how do you deal with climbing back into the dating pool um start at the shower yeah. end, i suppose yeah, well, look, this this first comment is is probably going to actually go back on the topic, so I may have veered a little, a little off, but, like, I would say one thing that I've witnessed with other friends who have, because, like, again, I'm at a point now where there's a lot of people I know who get divorced and then they're single parents. I see some people who feel like they really need to rush back into dating again because, you know, they want the validation of, have I still got it? Yes. Can I still date? Can I get involved? Like, and there's a real... And obviously, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that as someone who is all wise. Like, I made the same mistake. I, like, for a long time, I was like, I need to get back in a relationship just to prove that, you know, prove to myself. But again, that's getting validation through someone else's love and, and affection rather than giving it to yourself. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you're a single parent, don't feel like you've got to rush out there and, and hook up with someone and get attached straight away. I see that happen so much. Uh, and and it's I just think that's a bad move, um, and it ties into the lesson that we talked about before, which is you know basically give yourself so much love that it's overflowing and you're able to share it with people around you. It's like I have so much, I can give you some because my my reservoir is so full that of course I can give you some love. Not the other way around. Not that not that you know you're, you're seeking that love from someone else. I'm empty and I need your overflowing love to fill me up. You be you be the the goddamn um, magic pudding or the you know the, the of 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 love. You know what I'm saying? I love that um, so much. Yeah, and uh, and being sensitive isn't a deficit. If you're sensitive, no. like goddamn own that stuff. Like I spent way too much of my life hating that aspect about myself, and what a waste of time that was. So um, yeah, don't do it to yourself. Look, that's a lesson that I learned in my last relationship as well is that every time I'd say, hey, here's something that hurt me or that upset me, I'd get told you're too sensitive or you're overreacting. And I'm like, no, you're Mm. just too cold and closed off. And if you felt a little bit more, you might be able to do a little bit more to help others and yourself. Thank you and good night. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And look, Liz, I reckon people like you and I find it very hard to blame ourselves for things as well. At least I know the past version of myself would have gone, it's my fault. I've yeah, done something wrong. I, you know, and the, the fact is, no, you've done nothing wrong. It's like, you know, some people just have problems you can't fix. And also people tell you that it's your fault to keep you in that state of let me try to keep pleasing you then. Yes. The people yes. who are really manipulative and the sociopaths do that deliberately to keep you down. So they use that that feeling to make you feel awful about stuff that's their fault. Mm. 
Mm, so yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, Tom, what have you learnt this episode? Well, I think uh, the big note off the top was mind the pinching. Yes. Um, just, everyone, just everyone. Um, I Keep mean, your hands to yourself on a first date in a pinching capacity. Yeah, yeah. let's ease yeah. the pinching in. Touching, not pinching. Get Probably. signs, placards, or do a rally. But I, I suppose I'm just going to lazily hammer home um, points made by you two um, in terms of like the the sensitive man because that's me as well. Like I'm a sensitive guy. I cried at everything growing up. Everything affected me and still does. And yeah, we just need to get rid of this nonsense Neanderthal vision of masculinity and men. And you know, we can guys open up and be be happy, healthy people. We, and we, honestly, we can do it. a lot of women, a lot of women would be shocked and amazed at having a man who will actually em- be empathetic of the struggles that she is going through or he if you're if you're like same-sex relationships like the the sensitivity is good when you find a similar person who who feels those feelings and people who don't feel those feelings are probably not super healthy to be in relationships with i think it's easier as well mm. it's more work to like push your push it push it aside and push cooker. down there's and there's got to be an explosion at some point you end up um, butting heads with everyone because you can't there's no give and take so you just you, it's just it's too much work yeah look jj thank you so much for spending some time with us this morning it has been uh, very illuminating and it, please do get back to us if you decide to do that uh, little experiment oh, yes. with your girls because i think i would i would read that column i would watch that television show i would listen to that podcast okay well look maybe maybe there are some listeners who want to you know uh put themselves forward as potential candidates to be interviewed by my daughters so jj's Um, in sydney everybody so if you're in sydney or if you're willing to you know do a little bit of a long distance trial thing you can write to us at ghosts of boyfriends past at gmail.com we're also on facebook and instagram and twitter so send us a message if you're interested to put yourself up for interrogation by jj's girls (laughs) Because goddamn, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, well, look, and look, I should say, you know, like, uh, you know, my girls would make it entertaining as well. Like, they are, God bless them, like me, they're, they're little smart asses. I've and seen the TikTok videos, James. I've seen the TikTok videos. These girls have sass and they've got humour to spare. So exactly, yeah. So it it, it it has the potential to be to be uh, pretty entertaining. So if anyone wants to put themselves through uh, <laughs> through the through the the, the uh, the, the potential trial, uh, go for it. <laughs> Wonderful. And, guys, if you want to tell your story, you can either write the story in and we'll read it out because we're starting a new thing where we do uh, every couple of episodes we're going to be doing uh, reader stories. So if you want to write in something anonymously that you don't have the guts to put your name to, feel free to write that through. And if you just want to be a guest, you can go to that'snotcanon.com forward slash ghosts of boyfriends past and fill in our handy-dandy little form with a few details so we can decide whether or not you're a good fit for the show. And while you're there, you may as well check out other podcasts on the That's Not Canon website. Uh, I mean, maybe. Platform. Maybe Castology, <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> which might or might not sure. be my other podcast. There are some that we don't want you to ever stop listening to. Yes. Ghost of Boys and Past, etc. But yeah, um, That's Not Canon is a great platform for uh, for. Of pod, pod, podcasters. We have nearly 50 podcasts yeah, on, check the, them out. on the check network, them out. so check them out. There's lots of them. And also rate, review, subscribe. I get lots of messages from people saying how much they enjoy this podcast and we have 19 reviews. I'm like, I've had more than 19 messages. So please rate, review and subscribe. We love you. Thank you. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye. The 
world is a mess. War, famine, politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There are known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. But there are also unknown knowns. The ancient and esoteric order of the Jackalope is a secret society devoted to unearthing and sharing this forgotten knowledge. Each episode, we take one of these strange stories and share it with you. No topic is off-limits, except for the obvious. Available wherever fine podcasts are sold.